Well, good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Perspectives from WFSU Public Media. I'm Tom Flanagan. You are always welcome to be part of the conversation wherever and however that might wander at 850-414-1234. Or you can zip us an email, perspectives at wfsu.org if you prefer. Well, back on Tuesday, April 19th, a gala groundbreaking happened at Tallahassee's Southwood, right across the street from Florida High, and it marked the official start of construction for Independence Landing, a special community for people with special abilities. And in a little more than a year, the first 70 residents of the community should be getting ready to move in, and that is just the beginning, according to the project's guiding lights. And today on Perspectives, we're going to be talking to some of those guiding lights, delving deeper into what this unique development will provide to its residents, as well as the larger community. And boy, do we have a lineup here. We'll just go around, introduce, and then we'll get right down to it and include your comments and questions and all of that as well. Uh, first, I guess the progenitor of the whole project, uh, Florida House District 9, State Representative Allison Tant, who even before, before. ascending to the Florida legislature, Allison, this was kind of your bailiwick for for years. Mm -hmm. Yes, we started this. uh, Many in this room were founding members of this with me, started this in 2017. And um, I found out about this housing um, option and this model and went hard after it for our community and thrilled that we're here. I noticed you were very happy at the groundbreaking, as were the rest of the folks around this table last Tuesday. It's a dream come true to to get this started. And of course, now the real work begins for what we're going to do. And that's going to be to serve these families and serve these residents. And it was very joyful to be able to be there for that. Can't wait to talk to you more about it. Uh, and, but we have a lot of folks from the from the board who are making all of this possible. Uh, sitting right next to you, of course, Cindy Goodson, Independence Landing board member and uh, president and CFO of Flightline Group and a whole, the Red Shed and all this other. <laughs> co- you must have a, uh, let's see, a billboard size business card, I would think, Cindy, to get all this on here. No, I don't. Just- <laughs> Well, uh, well, I want to talk to you how you got involved in this, but let's meet the rest of the panel here. Right next to you, uh, of course, we uh, do have Brett Ketchum, Independence Landing, a board member, head of the Ketchum Realty Group in Tallahassee, and a whole bunch of other things. Good to see you, Brett. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate you letting us uh, talk about it. And sitting right next to you, um, gosh, remember you from your days back with uh, Leon County Government, John D. Brown, now principal of uh, Brown's Consult LLC, and also very much involved with the whole Independence Landing uh, project. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Tom. And uh, we'll wrap up here with Bryce Barnes, Independence uh, Landing Board Chair and a proud mom and a whole host of other things. Bryce, good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, well, talk about your your family situation because you, I, I think just about everyone here has a personal connection to this whole project. So tell us about yours. Yes. Um, I grew up as the younger sister. Uh, my sister was born in 1971 with cerebral palsy um, during the time period where most um, kids were institutionalized. Um, my parents uh, chose to raise and a lot of supports and um battled a lot of things with the education system and kind of changing a lot of policies that we have in place nationally today um, as they manage that system. And um, she, by the time she was um, about 22, had the itch to want to live alone and outside of um, 
my parents. Um, but a lot of support. My parents put together an apartment with around-the-clock care. Um, and one of the things I think that even Linda, living independently, she very much wanted as a as a young adult, not um, in school any longer. Um, and with that community was that community. And so I, I know that one of the things that as an adult, um, she uh, always wanted and advocated for is how do you build that community and be able to provide independent living outside of the home. So this is... Um, I don't know. Well, Long it's, time awaiting, but, you know, we'll be very, we're very excited about. Well, to, to help folks understand yep. exactly what Independence Landing is, because uh, the, I'm sure that for those who haven't been as ensconced in the project mm-hmm. as, as you guys have had since the inception of all this, is it like a, a sheltered little enclave or is does it have connections to the larger community? What kind of services are provided? I mean, whole host of questions here we can delve into here now. Yeah, we can have other people jump in. But, you know, I think intentionally um, Southwood is the perfect uh, community for, to have an addition um, for this, you know, for Independence Landing because the whole purpose is to be part of the larger community, right? So we've got uh, Florida High right across the street, and we have a fantastic partnership with them. Um, and when we have residents there, we're working on some partnership opportunities with their students and um, and their high school students as well, um, as well as you know larger community where we've got you know shopping and job opportunities. Uh, we're right on a bus line. Um, we've got trails and parks and the city is building a park right next door with some adaptability equipment um, as well. So, I mean, the the whole purpose is to be part of the larger community. Mm-hmm. And yet also be kind of a self-contained community, too, so that the, the intensity of, of the services can be adapted to the residents. Because the, the whole thing that I guess I have heard from so many people is that we are um, – on a continuum here, you cannot have a one-size-fits-all response to to any individual, and this holds true here too. Well, it's not a it's not a lockdown entity. It's not it is not a self-contained community in that like there's going to be check-in and check-out kind of thing. This is a, an apartment complex to help people who live there live as independently as humanly possible, just like everybody else. People are going to go to work. They're going to go to school. They're going to go volunteer in the community. They're going to go do everything. It's got a complete right of egress and regress. Um, There is going to be, there are going to be on-campus activities, and there are going to be resident assistants who live on site for the evening activities. And so it is not going to be, we're not this is not for medically fragile folks. It is also not a place for folks who may need more more intensive supports than not. This is about um, that the folks that are really can't live in a scattered housing with an occasional check-in around the community or in need of a group home or more intensive. So it's right. It's kind of a lane that's not that nobody's in that we're looking to serve. And um, so that is um, the model for this housing. And it's very exciting. We're not going to have this is not a licensed um, community or licensed kind of facility. It's not a facility. It's really a community. We are going to have a pool that we're going to um, work with some folks to have swimming lessons in. We're going to be part of the community. People are going to be able to utilize our community center. We are going to um, be 
<clears throat> intricately involved with the, not just the Southwood community, but like part of the bigger life. There's a grocery, there's grocery stores, restaurants, health care. And in fact, um, the communities like this that exist in Florida cannot be self-contained. They must be part integrated into the regular community. You can't be stuck outside of in an area where there's not access to to fun, life, living, health care, you know, all of this stuff. So Southwood is perfectly um, the perfect location for this. And um, we are going to be starting the resident uh, uh, background screening, that resident um, evaluation and resident um, financial uh, screening to make sure because we have they have to meet low income housing rules and requirements. And we're just, you know, we're just off to the races to get all that started. So. Yeah, well, Cindy Goodson, you, you and I uh, spoke here during the uh, groundbreaking as well here, but for the benefit of folks who weren't there with us, uh, talk about your situation and uh, that special young person of yours who is very, very eagerly looking at this project at the same time. He is. My son is 25. His, Brantley is my son. And um, he and Jeremy met in first grade, so we've known um, Allison and her family for a long time. But he is a student at TCC, and he um, he's the perfect resident for Independence Landing because he can live independently with support. Um, probably less support. He probably needs less support than we give him at home just because we're used to doing that. But he is... He's able to work. He wants to work in the community. He wants to volunteer. He loves FSU sports, so he wants to be in the community. He's very social, so it, it's going to be the perfect environment for him. Okay, uh, Brett Ketchum, uh, your, your situation, sir, if we could. Yeah, so um, I've got a 16-year-old special needs son, and my, and my son's situation is a little different. He, he probably, well, he would not be eligible for uh, Independence Landing, but I think the important thing is, as a father, we know how important it is to all these other families. And so that's why I'm supporting it wholeheartedly. Okay. And, John Brown, we wind up with you, your involvement in all this. There's got to be a good backstory here. I can feel it. Uh, Gil and Allison tell me what to do. That's it. That's how it works. <laughs> no, John, it. you have a giant voice, and you lend so much to the, to our efforts. Yeah, I'm, I'm a community servant. Uh, really, Gil called me. I uh, got a chance to serve on some previous boards with him and. Um, he just told me I was going to be a part of this. And, uh, I mean, obviously I have a, um, you know, background and expertise where I could help make sure that more people are aware of it. Uh, the heavy lifting is really on the team here. Um, I just jump in and do my part. And um, to your point, Tom, the groundbreaking ceremony uh, recently, you know, was just a testament being able to hear and see and track and get context on all of those touch points. I mean, even Allison here today saying representative Tant, <laughs> here today speaking about 2017. I mean, that's, you know, five years ago. That's a short period of time for the amount of work um, that has gone in and even having a board mem a board meeting where we're speaking about, you know, 65-page documents and things of that nature. It's a tremendous amount of uh, complexity to make this work. So the um, 
the kudos go to the people in the room here that have done all the hard work. I'm just doing my part to serve. Well, and a big shout out. Uh, you mentioned Gil, and for those who don't know, that is former Tallahassee City Commissioner Gil Ziffer, who's been very much involved with the Independence Landing uh, Project from the beginning and coming off of a, uh, a pivotal part of the board, which he seems uh, on one hand very eager but also reluctant to uh, – step away from, but he'll still be very much involved there. And we are talking about the Independence Landing Project, now a building out in Southwood for very special folks with very special abilities. We'd like to hear your story, too, on Perspectives, 850-414-1234 or email perspectives at wfsu.org. We'll be right back. And we are back on Perspectives, which is always available online at WFSU.org. We archive each show in its entirety, and it's typically up within a day or so of when it actually appears on the radio, so you can go back and peruse at your leisure. Independence Landing, after five years of planning and organization and fundraising and massive amounts of paperwork, only to be... Projectus Interruptus by COVID. COVID. Yeah, and <laughs> Representative Tant, that had to be a real heartbreaker. I know that from oh, years ago when you first approached us and said, hey, here is something we're working on, and it is certainly worthy of community discussion and all. It looked like it was full speed ahead, and then, boom, the pandemic hit. Well, we were doing quarterly meeting with meetings with parents. They're like, hey, this is what's coming. Like, here's how we need to get our, our young people ready, and like the kind of independent living skills skills we need to start practicing on. We had that rolling along. And then, of course, COVID hit and we couldn't do that. We had two bashes where we raised money before COVID. And then we had um, a crowd rise thing that we won. And then we finally got back to our bash this year as well. But so we did have a break. But in the, in the meanwhile, we had to get our application ready. So in order to actually be able to do all this work, we had to go to Florida F F Housing Finance Corporation with a competitive bid for grant dollars that are there that then open opens the door to the rest of the fun the the financing and so everything got put on hold because they couldn't have those meetings to assess the applications because of COVID. And then um, the, the first year we did it, um, another another entity won the bid. And then the second year we did it, we get, did win the bid. And we couldn't even have a celebration. We couldn't tell anybody because we were. I was like, when I got the news, I was on the, my back porch jumping up and down how excited it was. But it was the heart of COVID, and I couldn't tell anybody. But So, hey, guys, we won the bid, like on Facebook. <laughs> so, but it was very exciting for us. And of course, then once you win, you basically get the go ahead. Then the real work by the, the developer team, which is not a developer developer, it's a financial developer to put together the financing aspects of this, as well as the floor plans and as well as, you know, the this kind of stuff that then took a good year. So that's been a quiet phase. And maybe that was the best part of hitting this during the middle of COVID as we had that time to kind of get the ducks in the row. But that's how that's how the COVID impact. But we have not been able to have family meetings on a regular basis. We just had one, I think, in September was I don't remember the last one. And so so many of our families came out. But um, now we have we are actually just going live again with a 
an, a, a basically a, a piece that all of our parents have to fill out that is going to help guide the assessment phase for for families who want to uh, have their young person or their adult person um, uh, basically be eligible for going forward with a residency possibilities. That's coming out. I think this week, if not next week. So um, that's coming up next. And so that's we're going to have a whole piece now. So we, we're probably going to have a lot more in, engagement with our families in this in this upcoming time frame. And Bryce can probably answer that better than I can. Yeah. And, and Bryce, how, how does that determination take place? As we said, that it, it, one in six children have some degree along that wide, broad spectrum here of developmental issues. How do you determine who will be a resident at Independence Landing? Is there a massive vetting process that you're setting up? Are there rules and regs? How does it work? Yes, that's a great question. Um, I think Representative Tant um, touched on it a bit earlier. But, yes, there's a couple of components. One is the assessment um, in terms of skill sets that any individual is going to need to have under their belt to be able to to be a good fit for this community. Um, because we it is an independent living community, uh, a, a certain number of independent skills. Um, and so, you know, we have an online assessment folks can take, and then we will individually have um, a coordinator be following up and meeting with those individual families and doing assessments and helping individuals in Tallahassee get ready so that they will be in the best place possible to be uh, the best candidate. Um, on top of that, um, under Florida Housing Finance Corporation, there's there's a financial component because we are an affordable housing community. Um the communities that exist like this around the country that are not under the affordable housing umbrella is it makes it extremely unaffordable for most families to be able to to be able to provide. Um, so that's going to be an important piece that um, as well. And, and and we defer to the expert in real estate here, <laughs> Brett Ketchum. Given the fact that we now have that huge deficit in affordable housing here. And here is a development that is not just your typical kind of thing. It seems like this would have been a pretty heavy lift just to get all of those aforementioned ducks in a row to have the project get literally off the ground. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, there are so many people that are involved in a project like this. And it, it really did. I mean, the nice thing about a project like this, I'll say, uh, from a real estate perspective and just as a general perspective, is it's an easy sell. You know, it wasn't um, – there's no – there's nobody on the other side. So everybody kind of was pulling for this from the get-go, and I, that really made it a lot – it was still a lot of hard work, but um, it certainly made it easier. Yeah, but and now, again, the dirt is, we hope, flying in an expeditious fashion. <laughs> it definitely uh, is. I drove by this morning. I'm a Southwood resident and drove by to check on it this morning, and we had bulldozers out there this morning. So <gasps> moving so dirt. Okay. And, and Cindy, you said that, you know, you had a guesstimate that was going to be slightly in excess of a year before phase one is done and you get the, those first 70 folks that are going to be taking up residence physically there in right. Independence Landing. So with with everything moving, if we can keep that on track, because as we know, construction can be problematic at, at this juncture. Mm -hmm. It's going to be supply chain issues, but, you know, we're going to keep moving forward. So yeah. We're hoping March, April 2023. 
So, by the way, the, the amenities that are going to be on site for people with disabilities, we're going to have, we have a property manager that had to have had experience with this um, through Florida Housing Finance Corporation. Our build, our developer, builder, developer had to have the financial aspects of this and, and have had at least, built at least three products. Pro- projects like this around the state utilizing Florida um, utilizing federal housing tax credits and then we have to have the services provider piece which is going to be specialized support services and that's basically what each individual needs to be able to live independently successfully so um, those are the three components that went into all of this and are still going to go into all of this but The thing is we're going to have a big community center with a commercial-grade kitchen, um, and um, that is going to be able to teach culinary skills as well as provide meals. My long-term hope is that maybe they can bake things in that kitchen that can then maybe put on a food truck. There's state agencies out there with employees who'd like to eat stuff, so I'm hoping that we can get a little entrepreneurship going on with the folks who live there. Um, The social activities, which um, is is a very key element to this, this will include things like on, on some of the other campuses, things like a walking club, a book club. Some of you have a chess club. I'm like, I can't play chess. Um, and this, um, and then all, some of them have prayer prayer meetings and Bible studies. And um, of course, there's a pool for activities. And of course, we're going to be right next to a city park that we hope will have um, the Miracle League play there. And so not to mention the other relationships with the schools. Masters Gardeners Clubs have already contacted me about how can I come teach gardening to some of the young folks who'd like to learn about gardening. That's all going to be there. I know we're going to have vans for transportation to things like FSU events and other things. The transportation is a key issue and being on a bus line is going to be vitally important to our young folks, our, our, our residents, young and old, is adult, anybody who's an adult from of any age. Um, and um, they'll be able to go to work, go to the grocery store, things of that nature, go to the banks, go to the doctor's offices, um, go over to uh, take a walk in the main community of Southwood. So it's going to be um, a very inclusive, hopefully healthy lifestyle, um, and also an engaging with each other. The residents can engage with each other as well as, I've already heard from volunteer groups around the, the city who want to come on site and, and sponsor movie night, pizza night, ice cream socials, barbecues. Um, and I think we're going to get a lot of that and with a lot of interaction between FSU, FAMU, and then some of the high school students in, in the area. Lots of practicum so that's going to be going on, art therapy, music therapy. It's, the, it, it's endless, really, about the, the way we're going to interact with the larger community as well as be out in the community. So it's very exciting. Well, that, that's a great one. Bryce, if you could talk a little bit about that special relationship with, with Florida High. You mentioned that before, that there is going to be not just a physically neighborly connection there, but you've got some programmatic elements uh, between the residents of Independence Landing, the students at Florida High. How's that going to work? Um, one of our board members is Stacy Chambers, who is the executive director, CEO of Florida High, and she has been really instrumental in helping us think through what partnerships could look like. Um, they have uh, a really good um programs, either through sports or some of their, um, in the FSU med school um, as well. So I think there'll be lots of partnership opportunities right across the street. Um, 
especially with their new STEM building that they have just built. Um, there's been a lot of talk around specifically some of the programs and um, after-school activities that the Florida High students can partake in and bring our residents, draw our residents in onto their campus or be coming over right across the street to Independence Landing to do some of these community projects that Representative Tant was referencing. And using that as a launching pad, I guess, John Brown, for other community partnerships and involvements and all, and which I, I would imagine, uh, you know, you will be kind of instrumental in going out and beating the bushes on that and saying, hey, how do you want to get involved with this project or can you get involved? Absolutely. And making sure that people are aware of those opportunities. I was about to say back to uh, Dr. Chambers, I mean, big ideas, right? Big ideas with Dr. Chambers. So getting her and uh, Representative Tent together can be uh, dangerous, dangerous, <laughs> but, but also <laughs> fruitful. So a lot of opportunities there. Um Again, that STEAM building just opened a couple of days ago. Uh, huge opportunities for as a as a public uh, asset, also. So yeah, a lot of opportunities ahead for Independence Landing. And uh, the opportunity, as you mentioned, uh, Representative Tan, for uh, art outreach. I was uh, thinking your colleague over in the uh, in the Senate, uh, uh, Senator Osley, mm-hmm. has someone who might be able to help out with a particularly drum instruction. Oh, yes, over that would there. be a great partnership. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's he's awesome. So I wanted to follow up on what something Bryce said and that Brett and I've talked about many times. And that is that if we were to have done this privately, the move in costs would be probably about $300,000 just to secure that a spot because we wouldn't have, we, we were able to draw down so much uh, money funding through Florida housing finance corporations for the bricks and sticks. Now we have to work to do everything inside the building that's going to go on, including that services piece. But if you were to try to build this privately, it would be about 300 to $350,000 to just move in. Then you would have a monthly fee on top of that, that you would pay. I would think Brett and I were talking about this. A regular group home is extremely expensive up to, I think the starting price is about $6,000 a month to, and Brett knows of an, uh, for the more intensive group home up to about what, 19, didn't you tell me? 20,000. Yeah. So for us to be able to have no move in fee and to have is, is a testament to the work of Florida Housing Finance Corporation. And then our monthly fee is going to be whatever the rent. The rent is about $800 or less a month per person, and that's for the regular rent. If you have a two-bedroom, it's less than that. Um, and then there are some units that are going to be available for extremely low-income folks, which are going to be a far less than 800 And then the, the services fees that we're required to have. If you're an APD med waiver client, it's only going to be about $300 a month. If you're not on the waiver, it's going to be about $1,000 a month. And it may go up for those of us with more high need kids, for at least while until they get the practice of learning independently with the extra supports that they may need. But the fact is, like, this is the best deal in Florida, frankly, for how, including the other entities that are out in the state like us. So we are probably the, this is extremely affordable and, and particularly right now with things so difficult for the, for average citizens, much less people with disabilities. So this is a very exciting and innovative approach for housing. And we are, Florida is a national model for this. And when I've visited every one of the communities in Florida that were up and running prior to us getting our start, it was 
mind-blowing. It was wonderful. But still, Cindy Goodson, the outpouring of support within the community for this project sounds like that is breaking all records. I've never heard it. When when Allison was talking about just what what it's going to take to move someone in here, that that seems incomprehensible. Well, everybody that you talk to has a connection with someone who has a special need or has a family member with a special need. So it's near and dear to everyone's heart. Well, 70 folks in the initial move-in for phase one, and you'd already indicated a little bit of flexibility here, how this is going to proceed going forward here. But could we blue sky it a little bit? Um, Let's see. What, Bryce, what would you like to see phase two, three, four, or how many ever phases <laughs> how we many have ba- here? Franchise. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, we, we are, the phase one will not encompass the entire parcel um, of land. So we are looking at, at further phases and what that will accompany. And we're, we're hopeful that um, both the laws and um, Florida housing and some things change to be able to meet uh, and be able to support folks um, that won't on the on phase one, maybe people that need a little bit more wraparound services or more supportive or maybe someone who needs someone who's living with them full time um, that's not a married spouse um, or immediate family member. So, you know, that that's definitely forefront of mind. And then, you know, we are the fourth community that's broken ground, third, fourth community in Florida that's broken ground. Um, and as representative, we're on the forefront for the nation. But a um, lot, lot more need out there than we will be able to accommodate in the phase. So how do we get this in more communities like Tallahassee is definitely a model we're trying to figure out how we replicate um, to be able to serve more families. And and you do have that flexibility to respond to different needs as it comes along and to be able to kind of vary the game plan in response to what's going on in the community. Brett, how do you, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, no, out? I think that's good. And I think another thing that's important for our, our listeners to to understand is this is a, a resident they're going to be involved. If there's a roommate dispute, which we expect, there's going to be a resident-involved dispute board that deals with those issues. So it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of work on the residents' part as well. So um, it's not just that we're taking care of everybody. We're kind of giving them the opportunity to take care of themselves. But also, and this came out here too, and, and well, we're coming up uh, real quickly on a break. So maybe we could get, kind of defer that for just a, a moment and get into it in greater detail, but give you something to think about here as we come out of this uh, next little breakaway that we're going to do. And that is the connections, again, to the community. It is the, the benefits for the residents of Independence Landing are going to be incalculable. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no question about that. But how does this then hook into the rest of the community? What can the rest of us learn from the residents of Independence Landing? And how can those relationships be fostered and expanded and improved upon? So we'll give you a few moments to mull about that here on Perspectives, which is what you're listening to from WFSU Public Media. Independence Landing, it was a week ago this past Tuesday that there was a groundbreaking out at Southwood right across the street from Florida High for a very unique community which will cater to folks with very special abilities. And we'll talk more about Independence Landing and also 
also take your calls at 850-414-1234 or conversely, emails, perspectives at wfsu.org. We shall return. Back on Perspectives and the saga, the beginning of the saga of Independence Landing over there in Southwood and uh, how this might work into other relationships, broader kinds of connections with the community and and beyond, because we can all learn from from each other. And uh, John Brown, what have you learned from this so far besides, hey, there's a great opportunity to to connect with that larger community and uh, get some additional support for the project and the development. Well, I want to go back to uh, some of what we were talking about, um, dealing with kind of the first phases or first segments or uh, whatever we referenced it as. Um, you know, just the outpouring of love and support, um, even uh, some individuals on our board, maybe it was um, Allison, uh, I'm sorry, maybe it was Denise that referenced it in the sense of uh, just working towards making it better for the community, right? Uh, I think Denise referenced um, this might not, um, you know, work for my child uh, in the initial stage, but um, doing everything she could to make sure that it will work for somebody else's family. And I think that's uh, pretty amazing. As Bryce referenced, you know, we don't know what the future holds. So hopefully there will be some other opportunities and maybe something will be for, you know, her child and other uh, individuals in the community, but um, lots to lots to work on there. And um, uh, as we were just talking a little bit uh, through the break, you know, all the wonderful things that um, the um, residents could also benefit from as well as uh, benefit the community. Um, workforce is a part of that. So I look forward to, um, you know, continuing to explore and create opportunities uh, for uh, these residents to be in the workforce, whether that be in Southwood or greater beyond um, uh, that community. Okay. Uh, and Brett Ketchum, as you said, your, your, your child may not be a, an immediately appropriate uh, resident for Independence Landing, but that doesn't mean that uh, there may not be other alternatives or solutions or, or uh, things that you want to look at. Yeah, no, I think this is, uh, I mean, you know, this is the first one in Tallahassee, and um, I think it's the beginning um, you know, I think the, this population is growing, and I think this project actually may reach beyond Tallahassee. I, mean, I think we're all sitting around the table thinking about people that we know, but I think there's people that we haven't even thought of that this is going to reach. And and how it could be expanded to meet that need, because it, and even if you have... 4,000 residents in a totally built-out Independence Landing, that still may not be adequate to meet the need that is actually there. What do you, what do you think, Cindy? Well, these residents, these kids, these adults, they teach us more than we teach them. I mean, and we've seen it in school, in um, all the, the different sporting activities. My son's been involved in the volunteers. They get so much out of being with these kids. It's just heartwarming to see. So I just see that as growing exponentially in the community. 
And it seems like such a departure from, should we say, the more historical way of looking at folks who have developmental issues, which all too often meant isolation, which meant uh, segregation from the community at large. No, no, we don't talk about Billy. And there are still, unfortunately, some folks who think along those, those lines and that this may be a way to say, no, no, these you know, these are members of our community, too. These are valued contributors. And, gee, the more they contribute, the more they can contribute. You just said truth. that, Representative. Very truth. Um, one, of our, one of our folks who, who started the first one of these communities um, in Jacksonville um, is our consultant. He told me that he's, the more practice folks get, living independently, the more independent they become. And I know that every one of us with kids with disabilities and with a sibling with the disabilities and anybody out there, the more you, the more expectations you, you ask them to reach, they're going to reach those expectations. And the other thing is, um, it's joyful. The, um, the, the people who interact with our kids come away um, much happier than when, before they met them. And I'm my son is, again, like what Cindy said, he brings joy to everybody he works with at work. And, and when he was in school, um, he had a community around him of non-disabled people along with disabled people that um, he probably reached them as much as they reached him. And that's the beauty of being included. And Southwood has been extremely extremely welcoming to us. And I was touched by the Homeowners Association um, spokeswoman who was there, my friend Susan Burns, who said, we are honored that you picked us. And that um, was a very emotional moment for me when she said that at, the, at, the, at our groundbreaking. And that's um, what we want to bring to um, Southwood is uh, we want to honor their um honor them and we want to be good neighbors these these young people who in the other communities in the state give back to their neighbors they participate in neighborhood neighborhood activities if there's a volunteer effort going on a cleanup going on if there's a uh, you know food drive they participate in that they um, walk their neighbors dogs they knock on doors and see how they can help there they're, they're really good people and they're and I think anybody who's fortunate enough to have uh, the ability to have this uh, folks who live near them with disabilities um, is, is going to find themselves very lucky. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to, to be in the Southwood community. Okay. And and since you were there already, Bryce, that, what, what do you want the neighbors, to, maybe who aren't quite as plugged in as some of the folks that you talk to here in, in Southwood and in the adjoining uh, neighborhoods there, but what would you uh, really like them to learn from the folks who are going to be occupying Independence Landing? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think just, you know, Southwood is a really unique community where we've got school schools and, um, retail and grocery stores and, you know, it's a really re live, work, play community, you know? And so I think, you know, just we're expanding the community to include a, a new population. Um, and I think, you know, there's going to be a lot to learn as we start to plan for communities and master plan communities and how we start to include um, this type of independent living and this type of population and all communities going forward. So, I mean, I think it's an opportunity for Southwood residents to really to really shine and and, and embrace this this partnership. John Brown sounds like a new template for maybe urban development. We talk Possibly. about 
you know, uh, comprehensive plans and all that kind of thing and urban infill like we did last week. But this is another element to leaven into that that whole bake shop, if you will, of how do we grow and how do we grow intelligently in a way that serves everybody. And, and, and uh, intentionally. Right. Let's let's be intentional about it. Um, as we talk about that interaction with, um, you know, school kids, whether it be across the street, you know, to Allison's point, whether you're walking your neighbor's dog and things of that nature. Um, I think the younger we start uh, interfacing and engaging, the better. Right. Um, if we're going to be building inclusive and uh, thoughtful uh, communities and individuals, um, especially young people grow up to be inclusive and thoughtful adults, which help make our communities better as a whole. So um, it's, a, it's a positive for uh, Tallahassee and Leon County for sure. And if, uh, as Brett said, if this can be more of this, then great. And if it can be more in the state of Florida and beyond, even better. Yeah, um, and, and as you said, Brett, that is a more inclusive kind of thing where everybody has an opportunity to be involved in the community uh, across a wide spectrum of abilities and interests and backgrounds and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think, you know, that all starts at the home. You know, you've got to kind of start that independence at your own house and, uh, you know, learn how to kind of take care of those life challenges we all face. And, um, you know, this is going to be the first one. We're going to have some challenges, but um, it's going to be great. And we're really excited about it. And, and Cindy, do you think maybe Brantley and Jeremy are going to be like the first uh, mayors of Independence Landing? Or how do you see that playing out? Huh? I hope so. I really do. <laughs> well, they certainly have the wherewithal when it comes to uh, to personality and intelligence and the ability to really connect with people, which just astounds me uh, about these uh, these folks. But we are in, as as we well know, a um, a, a somewhat political community, and uh, Representative Tant. Not much happens anywhere unless the legislature gets somehow involved. Are there ways oh, that, yes. from a public policy viewpoint, more can be done to encourage projects like Independence Landing and the types of solutions that you folks are are jumping on right now? There's actually in la- in statute language that. Uh, requires Florida Housing Finance Corporation to set aside a certain percentage of their dollars for housing for people with disabilities. We just expanded it to include people with developmental disabilities. So um, obviously, and then there was proviso in the budget for a couple of years um, that I had to get continued. That was before I was elected, by the way. So I didn't have any, can't take credit for it as an elected, but for a couple of years that um, required a certain amount be set aside for developmental disability housing um, and so that we that entities could continue to like ours could continue to put in a, a bid for a competitive bid for dollars so um, I'm going to be working with Florida housing on that kind of solution going forward but I do think that um, one of the things that we do have to do is look at what we're doing for young for people when they finish school because at the age of 22, Everything stops for our our folks, and so we begin a slide back. If, you're, if a young person's not working or in some sort of day training program, um, that are some of those are those programs are very um, prohibitively expensive, um, then they they begin to lose some of their skills. And so my hope is that Independence Landing is going to lift all boats around here as we go forward to make sure that we're doing more for our young people. Um, once they finish school at 22, because couch surfing and flipping channels is not not a not a way to 
live in, it's not going to help them, and it's not going to help the parents. And by the way, kids like Cindy's and mine and Brett's, we're the first generation of people like our children to routinely outlive their parents. They've had access to educations that they've never had before, access to health care that didn't happen before. The um, the early intervention program is about 34 years old at best. So we're a generation into that. The ADA was is about, you know, not much older than that. So we've taken kids from behind closed doors and including, including people with disabilities in the wider community through those acts. Housing is the last thing that's still standing that we have to get right for our and not and the, by the way were it not for independence landing and without this housing model the only reliable place to live when the last parent dies is a nursing home and that is far more expensive for the rest of us in florida than an entity like in like independence landing that and so it is vitally important we are on the cusp of a societal tsunami with this, with one in four and one in six um, being diagnosed with develop with disabilities, one in six with developmental, but one in four Americans are going to end up with a disability at some point in their lives. And so this number is not diminishing; it's growing, and we've got to be ready for it. And this is a solution that I think needs to be everywhere. And it cuts across all political Correct. lines. And there's no conservative. There's no liberal, Republican, Democrat. Everybody Never. is involved in this situation. It is. And it's something that everyone could get behind. Mm-hmm. And, and because it is not all government. It is not all private no. sector. It, it is a We're real partnership. We're the perfect example of public-private partnership at work. I mean, regular citizens, regular people, we all got involved and we all plugged in and we all dug in and uh, we worked um, to find this solution and we haven't stopped working. And and as Brett said, it's going to be chaotic at the beginning when folks are moving in. We're going to just keep working through whatever challenges come our way to get it just right for our residents. Okay. So Cindy, what do you need now? Okay. Bulldozers are, are buzzing and the dirt's flying and all that kind of thing. So what does the Independence Landing Project need right now? The main thing we need and will continue to need is money. <laughs> and we have, um, we'll do continual fundraising. We'll have our B3 bash every year. And then um, right now we're publishing our naming opportunities. So we have opportunities for big donors to come in and um put their name on a, a building or a room or a garden. You know, we, we've got a lot of opportunities. The breast plaque people will be working overtime, we hope, right? <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> okay. Brett, what do, you, what do you see happening as far as additional needs and opportunities for involvement here? Yeah, I, I see the need for money, but I also see the need for community support and volunteers. I see that working both ways. I see you know, volunteers coming into to Independence Landing to help out, and I see the residents coming out into the community and helping. So that's um, – and, and, you know, hopefully we can get some mentors primarily, you know, across the street with Florida High. Um, that would really – I think there's some great opportunities there. Yeah, and since Florida High has a connection with a large university, that may be helpful too, I would think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and we got a couple – universities and a really good community college in in this town. John Brown, your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, all the universities, uh, and shoot, I I include TCC. I mean, it's a a huge, you know, education, higher education. So um, we've already tapped them and got all of them involved and uh, will continue to. Uh, When you speak about it, like you said, not just funding, uh, not just 
uh, partnerships, a, a lot more collaboration, uh, a lot more opportunities, doors that uh, will continue to open um, through um, through partnering in the community. So we look forward to it. Okay. Andrew, and Bryce Barnes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll echo everything everyone else said. Um, you know, we have had tremendous support throughout Tallahassee getting us this far, um, both with uh, community support and ideas as also financial support that got us this far. And we're looking to continue to work within the community to, to keep this going. Well, we circle back to where we began. Uh, State Representative Allison Tant, you're your final thoughts on the Independence Landing Project and where we go and what is next and what you'd like to see in the future for perhaps a statewide, maybe even a national kind (laughs) of follow-up to this. Now we're talking. So um, I'm I'm just, first of all, I stand humbled and grateful. Um, Humbled by the, 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 the warm welcome and and embrace of the Southwood community. Grateful for the already the investment of our community and our friends and our family members. I mean, all of us reached out to everybody that we ever knew <laughs> to help with help get us launched. And I mean, this board that that I'm no longer a part of because I can't because I'm in the legislature, but they are the most the huge value that every single person on this board has brought and every parent who already said we we were interested in this everybody's got a lot of ideas everybody wants to be part of a solution and we welcome every partner at the table that we can get it is um I, this is a huge need as i spoke to before this is the first generation of kids like ours who are going to outlive us and who are going to routinely outlive us around the state and in the country so we've got to do something about it and i'm just proud that um that the folks who've st- stepped up on our board and stepped up in our community. We've got businesses across the community. We've got um, sponsors who've said, this is a, something that we need to see done, have just done it. And so now uh, now that we've got the bricks and sticks covered, we've got to focus on the inside part that goes on. And that includes people who, I mean, this is the pitch I have. Yes, we've got naming opportunities, but we are also going to need to be able to provide this services piece for folks who can't afford it. And we want to be. We don't want to turn anybody away that we just absolutely have can't. I mean, we really. I, that is something that 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 is something that is near and dear to me is to make sure that we can help as many people as we can. And frankly, on campus, I see all kind of social activities with best buddies. I see activities with the Genesis Church Shine Prom. I see all kinds of ways that we can be a hub of activities, excitement, continuing education, and just joyful social especially if miracle league is there and the next in the next field over on special olympics there's all kinds of collaboration that we can do just to enrich each other's lives and that's what i hope to see happen so many times we say somebody needs to do something boy what a bunch of somebodies we got around this (laughs) table and beyond here on perspectives independence landing we will be following the progress as it goes through its uh, first iteration and folks thank you all for being part of perspectives here on wfsu public media technical assistance by evan rossi lydell rawls and kim kelling i'm tom flanagan we will catch you next week for more conversation right here on Perspectives.